God is asking people to step up, and that's one of the things he's uh, asked me to do. And so I want to anoint, raise up. Anybody feel they're, they're close? It's knocking on the door. God's been speaking to them. Yeah, raise your hands. Why don't you stand up? I want to pray for you at the end of the service. Make sure you come up, and we'll just, and I want to just do a blanket prayer right now that God bestows on you all the gifts that are needed at this time. Amen. To be able to step forward in courage with some attitude because he is the one that has put it in your mouth, in your mind, in your spirit. And you have to just believe in what he is doing in your heart, what he is preparing you to do. We need people, brave, courageous people to step forward. This is the time. This is the time. So I just bless each and every one of you as God speaks to you, as he sends people, representatives, partners who can come alongside you, cheerleaders to cheer you on. And some of you have them right next to you. Could you be your wife or your husband, your children? So I just bless you, bless you, and I just say take that step forward. Amen. So um, one of the things people really want to ask me is I've been in um, law enforcement for 33, a little over 33 years. And with the death of George Floyd, I'm just going to just throw it right out there. Let's just get it out in the middle of the room, right? What was the experience? What did I feel as a person of color as I saw George Floyd die at the hands of one of my fellow officers? And yes, I call him a fellow officer that did something very, very wrong. And what happened at that moment when I'm looking, all my experience, all my training, I'm going, no, 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 no. Get off his neck. Feel his pulse. Humanity comes through at that point in time. Not just my training. I'm just going, there is something going on that's very wrong. And then I'm seeing the two other officers who just were confused. And my notion, my first notion was those guys were rookies, which they were. Had no clue what to do at that moment. And I know I've been in that situation when I was a a young recruit and having to say, something's not right here. And having to deal with that, the, the, the fallout from that. So, George Floyd. It made me feel powerless. It made me feel as a person of color very powerless. Even though I'm a captain at the Multnomah County Sheriff's Office and have been raised up in many other uh, places in the organization I'm, I'm with, with Noble, that I could wear the uniform 
all day long, sometimes 20 hours a day. I'm down on uh, down at the incident command post in Portland where the peaceful protesters are, are doing their thing. And we watch them on a continual basis and, how, and what they're doing. They're trying to break into our building. Um, I remove the uniform and I feel powerless. Because I know in my experience and as I talk to other people of color that have been stopped, and we call it while driving black, right? And that's just being real. So when I hear a siren turn on, I get nervous, I start sweating. And the question inevitably comes up, is this my time? Will I make it out of this situation? <laughs> Every time. It's that effect that happens because of how you've grown, uh, you've grown up, some of the things that you've had to experience. And that becomes very difficult. But I know that I have a God that has put power, regardless of the uniform or not, has given me that power and authority to overcome. He's given you that same power and authority to overcome. So my wife and I were talking about um, what the state of mind of this nation is and, and what's going on. We talked, talked about some, some situations and what's happening with the country, with the world. And we really felt that the world is having a heart condition. It's having many heart attacks, clogged arteries, and it needs a flushing out. It needs a healthy encounter with God that can fix the heart condition. And so as I was thinking through this process, we talk about Mark talks about destiny and how you get to the, your next level and work in your authority and those kind of things. And as I was thinking about those, the, the overall situation about the heart condition, we have to be strong as we move forward to be effective in anything we do, whether it's in our families, whether it's at work. And the heart is at the at the forefront of it all. Without the heart, you're not going anywhere, right? It affects the mind. And as I was envisioning Christ on the, on the cross, I saw his heart give up. I saw his mind actually give up, which related right to the heart stopping. As he received the sins of the world at the past, the beginning of, of the whole thing of, 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 of human mankind, the present and the future. Because what he did was he gave his heart over and over again. What do, and when we talk about officers, we give our heart, we give our mind, we give our, even our family, we sacrifice. And Jesus sacrificed at that moment in time. 
And even through his life, you could see the trail of how he sacrificed his heart to the people. He never relented. And he's asking us, will you sacrifice your heart? Will you lay it down? Uh, John 15, 13 talks about laying down your life for a friend. I consider all you guys my friends, whether I know you or not. As I put on a uniform, I consider you a friend. And I may not just lay down my life, and, I, and, and God was, at, was placing in me, what does it really mean to lay down your life? There's so many different ways to do that, whether it's sacrificing your time, being available, praying for someone, just going outside yourself. And as you sacrifice and I, saw, and I saw Jesus on that cross. I saw redemption ushering in. Life-giving, almost like the paddles. Uh, putting electricity to the heart and restoring it. The redemption ushered in. And he wants to redeem every one of us. He has redeemed. His blood is sufficient. His death was sufficient. It canceled and paid the price. So your destiny, and Mark talked about it a little bit. It was very interesting. Um, when I walked into his office, I was pretty upset. <laughs> and I wanted to play the black card. I was thinking about it anyway. I'm like... And I had, a right, I, I had a right at that point in time because there are some issue, issues going on. But Mark goes to and says, I don't feel fighting this. And I was like, what do you mean you don't feel fighting this? I'm ready to, I'm ready to do something. And he's like, oh. typical Mark, very calm, cool and collected. I don't feel fighting this. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Then I got to calm down. And how many know that emotions will get you into a situation that you can't back out of? You step in. And guess what? Had I not taken his advice, had I not prayed about it, I probably would not have um, been re-promoted. Let's say I was demoted from a sergeant back to the line. And... What ended up happening within 30 days, fastest time ever for someone in my position, which was only one other, maybe one other person, 30 days, I received my stripes back. There was a lot of things behind that, but it was the wisdom of being humble before God. Listening to a mentor and a person of God that said, hey, I don't feel fighting that. And as I think about Jesus, as he went into the desert being tempted by Christ, we're all going to be pressured, tempered, um, pressured and tempted 
at moments, and especially when you're just getting off the ground, because at that point in time, I had major issues with self-esteem, didn't know who I was. <laughs> a lot of times, it's like, who is this guy? And I, I can't believe he even saw through that thickness, but that's the anointing, right? To be able to see you, see you, see you as God sees you. And those who stood up, you, you know you see things and you've seen the effects of what, what you've been able to do when you've been able to just touch someone's life, right? You've seen the fruits of that. So yes, destiny, humbleness, and what ends, ends up happening in, in many times when you're stepping forward you start to look back, and I started looking back about the breadcrumbs that were left along the, the way. That I could look back and say, there's post-it notes that added up to the footsteps of God, how he intervened, how he was faithful. I look back and I go, I didn't even recognize the wife he had given me that would pour in relentlessly, giving her heart. And I took that for granted. Having someone come beside you in a moment that we just moved in the neighborhood together. And then all of a sudden a relationship blooms and I trust his guide and his leadership. I wouldn't be standing here today, especially for those two. And Anne as well, allowing me to be on the worship team and, and sing. So destiny is about a few things. Understanding where your shortcomings are. Getting around someone who is going to mentor you. Confessing that you need some help. <laughs> and that's that mind and heart change, right? If you don't know what you don't know, then you don't know what you don't know. We hear, I've heard that before, right? And I'm still confused by that. Still confused by that. So there was a lot of things I didn't know. And I was just trying to survive. I was in survival mode, but I was willing to position my heart. And he's asking you, are you willing to position your heart? Because what comes from that is major power. He sends such an anointing, such a power to you that you would never even fathom how great you can be. And then you're almost doing this out-of-body experience. It's like this, I, I'm not, I don't deserve this. Wow, yes, you do. He says you deserve it. You deserve it. Last, because I want Mark to get up here. What are some things that you can do as a society, as a church, as a body, as we are dealing with this situation.
And I've had some neighbors ask, what do we do? And I'm, I thought about, and I was talking to my wife about it, and it's like, you know, we're in a bully men mentality state of mind right now. We're the ones being bullied by a whole lot of people that want to define who you are, what you're about. And we, we've done this with our kids in school, the bully on the playground. And there has to be a time where we step up. And that doesn't mean that you go downtown where there's things going on that's crazy, those kind of things. But you have churches in this area that you can unite with to bring a united voice to the legislature, to ask them to look at situations and things that we don't want it to go this direction. But if they don't hear from you, how do they know? They're listening to all the other voices defund the police and all that kind of stuff, right? There's homeowners associations, so you don't have to create something new. Just bring people together that are already in groups and memberships, right? And start getting a united message out. That's just one of the, one of the things that you can do to start to um, turn the tide, right? So I just bless you. You guys are fantastic. The worship was off the chain. So, you know, it, it really got me started. I was like, whoo, I'm ready to go. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate you allowing me to come up and, and have a, a quick word. Uh, Sandy and Joe, Joe and Joel, Joe and Dwayne, thank you. So I, I really appreciate that, and uh, thanks for your time. Mark, you want to come up? All right, thank you. I love you, buddy. You're proud of you. You know, he's very humbled. He'll leave here tomorrow. He'll go down, and he will lead the command post to deal with the rioters that have been going seven weeks. And he'll be the man that carries that heart, and he'll love those people. Uh, I was at a meeting with him just last week, and uh, the chief of police was there. Newly promoted a, a black gentleman. Uh, got to prophesy over him about this hour. Uh, the sheriff was there. State senators were there. And Derek's very humble, but the Lord's promoted him. But it wasn't by man. It's not by might, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord that you're promoted. And we're not teaching that there's not a time to make a stand. But if you're not standing with the Holy Spirit, you're standing by yourself. And that's really part of my, my word. You know, I, uh, a few years ago, I, I have an issue. I do. I have one of my pet convictions, and it's human trafficking. I go a lot all over the world, and I go to Kenya, and we've done all we can to help the women and the boys off the street. And so for me, immigration and human trafficking are very intertwined. So I put it up on Facebook, you know. That's where you put your opinions, right? And I had the most vile responses, angry responses. And I started looking at the names of the people that were angry with me. It was my brother. It was dear friends that I had known years ago. And I started realizing that I was using my right 
but I was only alienating people that what I would want to reach. Everybody that was already on the same page, you know, of course, they're, you know, they're putting smiles and love you and all that, but the people that I want to reach, family members. You know what Romans 14, 13 says, do not put any stumbling block in place of others for the sake of the gospel. And I started getting convicted that I was actually valuing my opinions more than loving the people. It came to kind of head, I was in the pool with my brother. My brother's in, his name is Dan, he's an agnostic, and he wanted to let me know how much he hated the president and, and wanted to tell me everything, and he wanted to know where I stood, because he knows I'm... Uh, where I stand in terms of abortion, where I, you know, things of this nature, the platform itself, and man, he was frothing at the mouth, he was getting so angry, and I could tell, man, we were doing, relational damage was help happening in the pool, and so I called timeout, like at a sporting event, and I said, you know what, I want to be close to you, you're my brother, I want to love each other. I'm willing to talk about anything until it hurts your heart or my heart. I want to be close. You know what? I didn't know the decision we were making because a few weeks later, he called me and said, Mark, my wife has cancer. Had we not made that decision in the pool, I couldn't go to that home and begin to lay hands and pray because if I wanted to give my opinion in the pool about my politics... And I want to just say this in love. Right now, in the climate that we are in, you do not have the luxury to have your opinion. I want to confront you in love. It's right now. It is the time to be the lovers. It is the time to be the bridge. It is the time to be the healers. Because people that already agree with you, they're, you know, they're, they're coming to your, you know, they're seeing you. You know, I went into a, a, a hotel pool one time, it was a hot tub, and there were three guys there, and, and uh, they were eating pizza. Oh, I always thought, how do you eat pizza in a hot tub? But, you know, it's all right. I guess pizza's good anywhere, but. And all of a sudden, I said, you know, what are you guys doing here? And they said, well, we're with Walmart. We, uh, we're here getting trained. And uh, we're just here for a few days. And, I, and they said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm here. And, you know, I always try to be careful, you know, to go right to the pastor card, right? So I'm an author and a speaker, you know. <laughs> but I start telling them because I love the world and uh, I love Kenya in particular. And so I started sharing about the orphanage we have there and the schools and I do that. And all of a sudden he goes, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, well, yes, I am. And he goes, I'm a Satanist. And I said, you know, that's funny, because when I saw you, the Lord told me that you're an amazing father and that you, love, you tell everyone your main goal in life is to be an amazing father. And he looks at the other guys and goes, is this guy a wizard? <laughs> and I said, furthermore, he's going to reveal his love to you right now. You're going to come to Christ in this water. 
Because if you like Lucifer, <laughs> you should meet his creator. <laughs> and I just started loving on him. All the things I saw in him. I mean, I gave him a double, a double serving of prophecy, love, fathering heart. Called things out. Lord gave me specifics about his life. The other guys are going, what about me? What about me? And you know, we're prophesying over him. But you know, he said something, and I'm not trying to promote me, but he said something to me that really blessed me. He says, I've never met a Christian like you. He said, I'm not one of those Satanists that believe in knowing, you know, <laughs> sacrificing babies. Well, that's good. But, you know, it's like, I'm not those that, you know, do those things. I just believe that Lucifer wanted to be equal. And I think that churches push people down so they feel less than. He said, but I've never met someone like you. You tried to make me feel better. Most Christians get angry or they run, you know, they run away. And you know what? He says, can I have your contact information? And I just walked away from that. And I thought, Lord, if I could always be, respond that way, see people from those eyes. You know, you know in Romans chapter 14, uh, there was a big division in the church. It was over meat sacrificed to idols. Paul, if you, if you go there um, in... Uh, in, in Romans 14, just want to look at this for a moment because, you know, we're, we're people of the word here. And uh, in Romans chapter 14, um, it, it says this, that it talks about if you're, you know, the, and I got it from the Passion Translation. It says, offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature. How many of you, you're weak and immature? Let me see your hand. Okay. You know, no one ever raises their, okay, very good. That's very, very good. Okay. And refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. For example, one believer has no problem with eating all kinds of food, but another with weaker faith will eat only vegetables. See, see, Derek, you know, we're doing brisket. You know, we're, we're stronger according to the... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, what they're saying here is that in that day, in pagan theaters, they were making offerings to pagan gods, and they would take the meat from those many offerings and take them to the market, and in the discount section, does anybody walk down to the ticket, you know, where you get the 50% sticker? That's what this was like. You got discounted meat that had been sacrificed to idols, but for some Christians, they would say, look it, I pray the blood of Jesus on it, and it's all good. Another believer would say, wait a second, I'm not going to participate in a in a religious ceremony to a pagan god. Therefore, I'm not in any way, shape, or form going to eat any meat that's gotten close to that. Also, in that section, they showed masks. So there were some that wear masks and some that, oh, oh no, I'm not going. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> and as much as I believe, and just putting this in there, in that there is prejudice in some police departments... I just want to say this, is that there are godly officers like this that are servants. And these are the ones that we need to elect. He's going to be running for sheriff. And with these are the ones that we want to put in position. But it's still, these do relate to the areas of opinion, if I, can, if I can be honest about it. Because even in these places, our role then, if you continue in the next verse, verse 
is the one who eats freely shouldn't judge and look down on the one who eats only vegetables. And the vegetarian must not judge and look down on the one who eats everything. Remember, God has welcomed him and taken him as his partner. And so I'm, I'm just exhorting you. Go down to verse 13, if you don't mind. He says, so stop being critical and condemning of other believers. But instead, determine to never deliberately cause a brother or sister to stumble and fall because of your actions. You know, when I first started going to Kenya, the first time I went, and I was journaling, the Lord's preparing me. He said something to me really interesting. He said, every time you have an opinion, you're going to be miserable. I didn't know what he meant, but when I got there, and it was 105 degrees and so humid, and they wanted to put a robe on me at a graduation that was like an inch and a half thick, and it was really, really hot, so much so that my shirt was full, just totally wet, and I started getting an opinion about it. It's hot. And the Lord said the funniest thing to me. He says, you like saunas, don't you? You, you? you choose to go in a very hot sauna, right? Yeah. He says, just enjoy it right now. Yeah, let me relax your muscles and stuff. And then all of a sudden, I, a cool wind started. When I started depressing the Holy Spirit, a cool supernatural wind became, came on to me. I got meat. I love meat. You know, have heard that. And, and I look at it and go, what is this? It's mystery meat, essentially. You know, you have no clue. Is this goat? Is this, you know, I don't need to go there, okay? But, and I'd start getting an opinion about it, and I'd get miserable. And the Lord said, bless it. Do you know that these people don't even eat meat? They make it for you. And I got home, and the Lord said to me, I want you to start to live this way so that you don't value your opinion so much because every time you do, it's going to cause you disappointment, frustration, and it's also going to alienate you from other people. My invitation to you is freedom. The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. We don't need to agree. I saw some people wearing masks. I honor you. Some of you have family members. You, you want to go home and look at them across the table, and you want to say, I did everything I could. And I, I respect that so much. And this is a time where, listen, the enemy is trying to steal our right. It's no longer about agreeing to disagree. It's if you disagree with me, you are abusing me. I mean, I'll be more forthright here. I deal with a lot of families now of leaders, and they have family members that are coming out gay or transsexual. They transgender. And they say, what do I do? If they say, I want to call them non-binary or call them certain, gen, you know, certain pronouns, and I, don't, I feel like I'm participating in it, on the other hand, I can't call them a new name. What do I do? <laughs> I'll tell you, the one thing I do cancel them is right now, you cannot afford to have an opinion. 
You only can get the mind of the Lord. You can only say what he tells you to say because everything else is going to be used against your relationship. You can't afford to spew out anything because right now all you have is the love of Christ. That's all you've got left. And if you try to appeal to anything else, you will lose their heart. And this is really part of my message is some of you in this room, and I say this in love, you are right now alienated from friends and from family members because of some of what you represent in your position. And you didn't mean it by your post. You didn't mean it by when you said something because you didn't know that the enemy was setting you up and setting us up in a culture by just saying that you're a Christian, just saying that you vote this way, you are suddenly being put in a place where you're judged. How are we going to respond? But we have the mind of Christ. Romans 15, verse 1, Paul says, says this. He said that, now, those who are mature in their faith can be easily recognized, for they don't live to please themselves, but have learned to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. You see, the strong ones are like this. They're not the loudest. They're not the ones that need to be right. I'm not saying you can't have convictions. I just did a long post for pastors and leaders that are making decisions to reopen their church, and I validated the church pastors who have different roles, different buildings. Some have very small lobbies. Some have very small bathrooms. Some have a 50% elderly. Some are making different decisions, and I honor them. And the ones that right now, this morning, the news showed up at their church condemning them for opening up because the governor said not to. I've got those too. I've got those. Right now, I've got those texts, like from this morning. And as one of their overseers, I cheer them on. You know how I cheer them on? Hear the Holy Spirit. Don't respond to anyone else, any other pressure. Listen to the Holy Spirit, and he will give you wisdom. And with your leaders in covenant and community, they will, you will act, and I will support you 100%. I need to be uh, transitioning and ending, actually. But I'm going to call my uh, dear, dear brother, Derek, to come up. <clears throat> if you can get the... We're going to have communion together. Well, did you hear our hearts? We love you. <clears throat> we believe in you. Yeah. You know, Derek and I used to do this all the time and when we were pastoring together. He's a better pastor than me always, I'll tell you. I would tell people to get over it, and he'd listen to them, you know. Let's take the bread, and I'll turn it over to my brother for a cup. You know, Jesus took the bread, and he said, this is my body broken for you.
Today, Jesus, thank you. Forgive us for our judgments, our opinions, our needs to be right. We lay them down before the cross and we ask that you'd heal us. Heal us when we take this broken body. Show us how to walk in your example. Laying down our lives. We pray this as we eat it in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and take the cup. And Lord, as we receive this cup, may your mercy overflow in every individual in here. And those who couldn't come, may your blood flow through them. It pulsates, giving life and life abundantly. We pray for your, that the, your ever-loving hands continue to outstretch and work in everyone's life that is here. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Drink all of you. <laughs>